Well, I am uh, I'm finding as I'm reading um, this morning's uh, Detroit News some very uh, troubling news. I won't get into it until I find out what Marie has to say. Well, this is what she's talking about, in fact, that there have been some serious questions being raised about the police response to the Texas shooting at an elementary school, which claimed 21 victims, all but two children. I didn't know this information when I spoke to uh, Sheriff Bouchard. We actually talked to him yesterday for that uh, taped interview. I don't think he knew about it. I don't think anybody knew about it, but it's coming through right now, and it's troubling. And our WJR senior news analyst, Marie Osborne, has the very latest. Marie, good morning. And good morning, Paul. The gunman who killed 19 students and two teachers at Robb Elementary School on Tuesday was on the premises for up to an hour before law enforcement forcibly entered the classroom and killed him. This is according to police officials. The 18-year-old shooter was in a standoff with law enforcement officers for about a half hour after firing on kids and teachers, according to Representative Tony Gonzalez, whose district includes Uvalde, and he attributed this information to a briefing he was given. Frustrated, mostly unarmed onlookers, including parents, urged police officers to charge the school. Javier Cazares, whose fourth grade daughter was killed in the attack, said he raced to the school. When he heard about the shooting, he arrived while police were still massed outside the building. He was upset with the police for not moving in. He raised the idea of charging the school with several bystanders. He said more could have been done. They were unprepared, he said. Texas Governor Greg Abbott praised law enforcement actions at a press conference yesterday. The Texas Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw said the agent's actions saved lives. Obviously, this is a situation we failed in the sense that we didn't prevent this mass attack. But I can tell you those officers that arrived on the scene and put their lives in danger, they saved other kids. One other issue that's not really clear right now, officials are saying the shooter encountered a school district security officer outside the school, though there were conflicting reports from authorities on whether the men exchanged gunfire or exactly what happened there. And after he ran inside, the gunman uh, fired on two arriving Uvalde police officers who were outside the building. And again, this is according to uh, police officials. And uh, Raul Ortiz is the chief of the Border Patrol in that area. He said in an interview that several members of the Border Patrol tactical team, a search and rescue responder, and a few other agents joined the local officers to form a team. Then they went in after the gunman. He says they didn't hesitate. They came up with a plan, and then they went into the classroom and took out the gunman. But there is a question here today about how much time all of this took. Yeah, this is very disconcerting. Had not had not heard the timeline. 40 minutes is an eternity. Mm-hmm. And you have, in the end, hundreds of officers and one perpetrator. Now, no one knows for sure it's one perpetrator. But what you do know for sure is this guy's killing kids in there. And you want to get in there as quickly as possible. Now, we're dealing with human beings. And I'm wondering, it, it, it just... The whole first thing about the Border Patrol guy was, I thought he was just in the area, but they had an entire Border Patrol SWAT team. Mm -hmm. 
And are we seeing the difference between federally trained law enforcement and locally trained law enforcement? That will be a question that's going to be asked. Also, Paul, we should point out, and I've I've heard uh, eyewitness accounts of this several times, that there were police who were breaking windows and getting students out of other parts of the school. Right. So, you know, it wasn't like nothing was happening uh, around the school. There were uh, there was this effort to get kids out of the school in that way. Uh, But there are I mean, this group of parents who were parents and bystanders who were outside the school, they were unarmed and they were begging police to go in. There were women uh, reading in this morning's Detroit News, women yelling, go in there, go in there. Nearby women shouted at the officers soon after the attack began. Yeah. There's also a report that it was 90 minutes before the 911 call came in and that the op- that the gunman was actually taken out. Now, again, that is just one of the re- one of the several reports be, that can't be. Please, dear Lord, tell me that's not right. 90 minutes before a 911 call that. Can't- no, no, no. 90 minutes between the time the 911 call came in and then the the. A shooter was taken out. Oh, I see what you're saying. Exactly. From the first, yeah. mm-hmm. the first contact with police, yeah, until the guy's taken out. Ninety minutes sounds. I mean, I, I, I misunderstood what you were saying, but um, even this, now that I fully understand what you're saying, seems very unacceptable. I don't a lot know how of else questions, to put it. Paul. I'm always a supporter of the police, but this is. If any of this is even close to being correct, this is a major problem. Now, look, I'm I'm not anxious to run at a guy who's got a big rifle and apparently, I don't know if he had a great aim or not, but he had a big rifle and certainly the first police to get there, maybe they have them in the trunk. Sean, Brian, your, your dads were involved in law enforcement. Do they have the big guns in the trunk all the time now? Because in the old days, I knew cops, friends, and they show up with these little pea shooters called a, a sidearm. And you, we saw what happened to the officer in Buffalo who went up against the guy with the rifle. He even hit the guy with his handgun, and it didn't phase him because he had protective armor on, and then he was shot dead. I'm sure that was kind of on their minds as well, but my goodness, there's... I don't know. Brian, did you say they do have the long arms in last, there? Last I knew in the patrol cars, they have a, a shotgun at least in the trunk locked up. So they at least have some. They used to. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they still do. I don't know why they wouldn't. No, I don't either. And maybe even upgraded from a and, shotgun. And I'm not sure I would call a forty caliber handgun a pea shooter. <laughs> up against uh, AK-47, you feel like you but have a pea shooter. I'm trained and you're not. My forty caliber trumps your AR-15 every time. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> You're right. All right, so I won't call it a pea shooter, but I'll call it a side gu- a handgun or, you know, whatever. It's not the same as those rifles. That's why they have those rifles. But then there's the question, do you really need an AK-47? Not for hunting, but if you believe that your government might turn on you and that might be all the things that people, some people really worry about, then you say, well, yeah, I'm going to need that. We could argue till we're blue in the face, but none of that is going to help because it's far deeper than what kind of gun you're allowed to buy or have. Far deeper. It's all about the mental illness that has run rampant in this country. 
that causes the road rage, that causes the fights on airplanes, that causes people fighting over shopping carts at the grocery store. This is a far deeper problem than what gun you can or cannot buy. Sorry, it's the truth. People find all kinds of ways to kill other people when they're sick. 644 WJR.